Let me have a prayer with you. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. If we indeed we are the kingdom of God on this earth, and we are to bring forth mercy and justice and peace, and if we are to do that which was read in Romans chapter 12, returning no man evil for evil, thinking ourselves no better than anyone else, looking down upon no one else, loving others, extending this hope to others, taking off the mask so that people realize who we belong to and whose spirit is at work in us. May it be so, Heavenly Father, for then this world would be a different world. May it be so, in our Savior's name, amen. Before I preach, I want to share with you three things. Again, my thanksgiving for your joyfulness in the hope you have, your patience in affliction, and your faithfulness in prayer. I thank you for the prayers uh, unending that come from you and from millions of Christians on this earth. I thank you for acts of kindness, acts of kindness done to others in this congregation, whether it's as simple a thing as picking up groceries for someone in this congregation, and then your acts of kindness to so many other people. And then I thank you for your faithfulness in your offerings. Uh, they have allowed the ministries here to continue unabated, and the faithfulness in those offerings is an extraordinary thing for me to see and for you to see. May God continue his grace in those areas. I want to preach a sermon on a text that I preached on uh, almost 18 months ago. It's the first sermon I preached in the year 2019. It's the same text, different words. It's Romans 1.16. I have a reason for preaching it. Uh, we are all heading back. We're all heading back to things. Our parochial school opens up tomorrow. God be with our children and our faculty. You're heading back, uh, some of you to work, I hear, for the first time in three or four months. Some of you are starting new work. Some of you are heading off to college. Uh, all of us are heading back to something. Some of you are jumping back on the metro train for the first time in almost six months. We're all heading back to stuff. It's the fall of the year. You're heading into small groups, Red Sea Rules. 225, 230 people signed up for that. We're all heading back. And I'm going to tell you that you keep your mask on in certain situations. But with regards to this faith that you wake up with of a Sunday morning or any morning, this faith that you have, that God got up before you did, traversed the entire 24 hours that this Sunday will hold, looked at every circumstance that you're going to bump into while you're still sleeping, takes care of every circumstance, and then comes back and waits for you to wake up. And then when you wake up, he says, let's get up, let's take a walk together, take my hand, and off you go. Then he makes you two promises. He promises he'll never leave you. He'll not, not do what we as parents do with our children. I'm going to leave you here just for a couple of minutes and I'll be back, don't worry. He never does that. Nor does he ever come up with a circumstance 
where he says, I'll tell you what, you're going to bump into something today, today, and it's too big for me. So you're going to have to walk through it on your own, and I'll connect with you on the other side. That's what it means when it says, he'll never forsake you. There's nothing so large on the 30th day of August 2020 that God will leave you or forsake you. You have that faith. So do I. And in the midst of all this chaos and the virus and everything else, you and I have that faith. There are others who do not. Take the mask off. Proclaim the faith. Take the mask off. Proclaim the faith wherever God puts you. Back on the metro train, back at college, back in your fraternity, back at your sorority, at the new job that God opened up for you. Take the mask off pertaining to that which gives you life, energy, peace, and hope. Apostle Paul, Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. I, the apostle, who used to persecute Christians, I, the apostle, who was given power by the ecclesiastical courts to round up Christians and exterminate them, I, the great apostle, who was knocked off his steed there on the road to Damascus and was invaded by the power of God which changed completely my life, I am not ashamed of that which I now am, because the power of God that changed me, the power of God mentioned in Romans 12, that actually gives you the ability to not look down upon anyone else, to return no man evil for evil, to overcome evil with good, to pray always. That power unleashed in you from God himself. How powerful is God? How powerful is God? He creates a universe out of nothing. He produces something called the sun. And the sun, in one second of time, produces enough energy to keep the needs of this earth going for 500,000 years. You don't have to Google it. You don't have to fact check me. I already did it. Okay? The sun has enough power in one second to produce the energy needs for this earth for 500,000 years. We're talking one second. And that's one star, and there are hundreds of billions of trillions of stars. How powerful is God? When I think of facts like that, when I think of the fact that there are 60,000 miles of blood vessels running through your body, when I think of facts like that, and I grasp the power of God in the realm of nature, and I sit and think that that power is available to Paul Strand, I'm left dumbfounded. And you better believe I take off my mask. And whether it's LA Fitness or whether it's Menards or wherever it is, especially in times like these, I ask people all the time, total strangers, how are you handling this? And if they're handling it not well, I will talk about him. I will literally say, God has everything in his hands. He's my peace. He can be yours. God has everything in his hands. 
And if you're not careful, and I bump into you at Menards or LA Fitness, if you're not careful, you're going to get a 10-minute sermon from me. I take off the mask. And the Apostle Paul says the same thing as he writes this letter to the Christians at Rome. Take off your mask, you guys. Why does he use the wording? Because there were some who thought he was a coward. There were some who thought, yeah, you go to a little town of Lystra and you go to a little town of Derby and you talk about God and about Jesus. What's that? You go to some tiny little town. And then you're brave enough to go to Corinth, the great commercial capital of the world. You go there and you, and you talk about Jesus. And you go to Ephesus and there's one God there that is revered above all others and that's Diana. They have the great temple and all her statues and all the medallions that are sold. You go there because you only have to tackle one God. But you're a coward. Apostle Paul, you're a coward. You will not go to Rome. It's the greatest city in the entire world. It's a beast of a city. There are 12 gods that you will have to confront in Rome. Jupiter and Juno and Minerva and Neptune and Diana and Mars, the god of war. And you know, Apostle Paul, that you won't stand a chance if you went to Rome. You talk about the power you have, but it does not compare to the power of Rome. And you realize that when you get to Rome within one week's time, they will have chewed you up and spit you out. Also, Paul had tried twice to go to Rome, and God said, not yet, Paul, not yet. I have to send you to Macedonia. I have to send you here, there. Because God knew that when he got to Rome, that's where he would die. He knew that when he got to Rome, that was his last station on this earth. And he said, not yet, Paul. I know something you don't. You have other churches to start. You have letters to write in the Bible. And when I deem it proper, then you'll go to Rome. You'll spend seven years there. You'll do mighty things. You'll bring the power of God into Rome. And the power of Rome will be as if it never were compared to the power of God. Apostle Paul said, whoever is saying I'm a coward, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But he's also saying something to this little group of Christians in Rome. The intimation was they were embarrassed over their Christian faith. They were embarrassed. They kept the mask on. They would say to their children and their friends, you know, we'll talk about Jesus in our small group. We'll meet in the home and we'll talk about Jesus. But it's not safe to talk about him out in public. They were literally saying, Jehovah God compared to Jupiter or Minerva, or Mars. Jehovah God is tiny compared to them. And the Apostle Paul, in so many words, was saying, Shame on you! Take off the mask. Wherever you are, in Him you live and move and have your being. And if such be the case, wherever He has you living, and wherever He has you moving, And whoever has your being, take off the mask, nurse. Take off the mask, public school teacher. 
Take off the mask, accountant. Take off the mask, truck driver. Take off the mask, housewife. Take off the mask. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It's the power of God let loose upon mankind. I've been blessed to baptize almost 1,900 people, 95% of them babies, in these 42 years. And 1,900 times a vow has been spoken by moms and dads. And the vow is this. I promise that I will set a Christian example for my child in word and deed. I promise that I will pray with and for my child daily. I promise that I'll bring them regularly to the service of God's house somewhere. I promise that I'll provide for their further instruction in the Christian faith. And I promise that I will do, by whatever means God has allowed, to bring up this child to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I have never, in 42 years, I have never, in 1900 baptisms, I have never said to the parent, will you vow to keep your Christianity quiet? Will you vow that you'll just keep it amongst yourself and a handful of friends? Will you promise that out of your mouth will come no witness to others about this vaccine that you have? This vaccine that you have, you must keep to yourself. You must tell no one else about the 7,000 promises of God. You must tell no one else that God is absolutely real and every one of His promises are true. You must tell no one else about the hope that's in you, the peace that's in you. You must keep the mask on. I've never said it once. I've never said it once and I never will. It's just the opposite. Let loose that which God has given you. Stop being so timid. No one in this country has said, keep your mouth shut about talking about Jesus, God, your faith, His promises. No one's done it. In other countries in the world, you might risk being executed if you announce your faith. In other places, you have to keep your mask on, except for the group of Christians that you're around. And in other places where you have to keep your mask on, those Christians are frantic. They're pulling out their hair because they want to share with others about God and they know the risk behind it. Take off the mask. Take off the mask. It wasn't just the Apostle Paul, it's Simon Peter, 1 Peter 1, 5. You are kept by the power of God. Here we go again. You are kept by the power of God through your faith unto salvation. It wasn't just Paul and Peter. Who'd they get it from? They got it from Jesus. What did Jesus say? Acts 1, 8. He says to his disciples, stay in Jerusalem until the... Are you ready? He didn't say, stay in Jerusalem until the love of God comes upon you. He didn't say, stay in Jerusalem until the wisdom from God comes upon you. Jesus said, Acts 1.8, stay in Jerusalem until the power from on high comes upon you. 
And when the power from on high comes upon you, you're not going to sit still. When the power from on high comes upon you, some of you stay in Jerusalem. Some of you go to Judea, some to Samaria, some to the other ends of the earth. Power is never meant to be kept inside. Power is meant to be let loose. Indianapolis 500 Memorial Day writes, famous three words, start your engines. Used to be gentlemen start your engines, but now they're ladies driving those cars. Start your engines. And then a roar like a, a horde of fighter jet planes. A, a roar explodes. You can hear it 20 miles away. It's all those cars, engines firing up. Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and then start your engines. Start your engines wherever God places you. Heaven forbid a vaccine for COVID was found. And some companies said, go and keep it to ourselves. Or some country says, I'm just going to keep this for our people. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid that Paul Strand and you have a vaccine for that which we face on this earth. Heaven forbid that we have a vaccine that explains to us that when a blessing comes into your life, it wasn't from you, it wasn't your charm, your charisma, your intellect. Uh, it was God. Keeps you from getting really big-headed, right? We have that, this vaccine that explains life. The blessings that we have, what happens during our trials. We have this vaccine that says, remain joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. We have this vaccine. It includes 7,000 promises of God. It includes when you face death. It includes when you face dark times. We have this vaccine. Do you keep the mask on? Or do you take the mask off and share the vaccine with someone else? You can be physically present in a place. The greater part of you is not your physical being. The greater part of you is that which people cannot see. Your physical being might be 1% of your entity. But what people cannot see, the faith system by which you operate, that is 99% of your being. That is what people need to see. When I was in high school, 52 students in my graduating class, Jasper, Minnesota, population 600. When I was in high school, on the day of the baseball game, I would put my baseball uniform on. On the day of the football game, I put my football uniform on. 
and I'd go into high school and I'd be totally different, totally changed because I had this uniform on. It did something to me. And there were the cheerleaders and they had the costumes on. Did something to them. On awards nights, you had kids getting awards, you know. You, you remember the letter jackets? I don't even know if they have letter jackets anymore. You had the letter jacket, okay, and you felt like a million dollars. Last night, I'm working out in the yard, sweating like a pig. And then I uh, take a shower and uh, clean up. And though I've been doing this for 42 years, when I put on my church clothes, even though I've been doing it for 42 years, 20,000 services, whatever it is, when I put on my church clothes, something changes for me. Something changes. You guys, okay, if you need a boost, you pick out your favorite dress. If you need a boost, you got your favorite shirt. The shirt that your wife keeps trying to throw away and you grab it out of the garbage and say, no man, it's my favorite shirt. You got your favorite stuff. Okay, you got your perfume. You know, if you're having a lousy period, you say, I'm going to go get a different haircut, different hairstyle. And you know as well as I that when you change your externals, something has happened to you internally. Galatians 3.27, the Apostle Paul said, Whoever is baptized into Christ has put on Christ. They put on Christ. Like you put on a shirt or a pair of jeans. Whoever has been baptized into Christ has put on Christ. If you put them on, how different you become. I've told you many, many times, that in the 33 years I've been here, you preach sermons to me all the time. Your baby dies, I come to your house, you preach a sermon. Your husband dies of a heart attack, come to your house, you preach me a sermon. The drunk driver hits your car, grave injuries for those that you love. I come to the hospital and you preach me sermons. And the sermons you preach me are this. I have peace in the midst of this storm because I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I have his promises in my heart and in my life. I might come to your place fearful of what I'm going to see and face. But by the time I leave your place, I'm a different person because I have put on the faith that you've put on. And I say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do in our lives. The blessings and the trials. How are you guys dressed today? How are the hairstyles? When you are baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. And when you put them on, you just don't put them on for your small group, for a one-hour worship service. You put them on so that when you head out there, 
They know whose you are. And this power of God is let loose. Not little trickles. Not little leaks. John 7.38 Streams of living water come forth. May it be so in Paul Strand's life. And may it be so in your life. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God let loose unto salvation. In our Savior's name, amen. Heavenly Father, be with us, your children. May the faith not be a stagnant thing, but may our faith be something that on a daily basis gushes forth stream of hope, a stream of peace, stream of strength, and ultimately a stream of salvation for God's people, his children, touching the environments in which you place us. Such things we ask in his name. Amen.